Chapter 15 of The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square by Mrs. Henry de la Pasture. Chapter 15 The Bush Desert but my heart will still be with you wherever you may go can you look me in the face and say the same she not rakhan march twenty eight miles on tuesday and forty two on wednesday horses twenty four hours without water wrote louise in a letter which jean received at the end of march and which had been scribbled in blue pencil on pages of his pocket-book torn out and enclosed in a soldier's and seaman's envelope we got off the track once and were faced pretty suddenly with the real meaning of waterless desert when a few hours may put an end to a whole party big or small pretty well cooked when we arrived but somebody luckily had a flask of brandy which was mixed with some stinking water and devoured and we slept as we could in a hastily constructed sariba this is a burning rocky bush desert when we are all collected i expect some of us will be sent to berbera about a hundred and twenty miles through dense bush and it is believed no water but think of me slowly slowly trekking towards you and when i get home my genie dear meet me oh meet me with a brimming bucket of fresh sparkling ice-cold water from the mountain stream of coedithel for here it is sometimes green and sometimes grey but always loathsome to taste and smell i am very well my darling little jeanette and only just miss enjoying myself but of course it's rather a bore to be always fighting the water trouble instead of the mullah moved our pitch yesterday the camping ground is a stony glaring treeless place and the heat by day is very great the ground gets red hot the walls of our zariba is made of cut thorn bush and branches laced with barbed wire i have a jolly little day shelter here of camel mats but at night it is preferable to be in the open and enjoy all the cool air one can get i am of course glad to have had this little experience and to have seen something of a new country but i cannot help doubting whether god ever made a more uninteresting spot or one less designed for human habitation a later letter in a worn little blue cover that told its own tale and which bore the inscription on active service somaliland no stamps available arrived by the same post and was dated from galcayo i awoke in the cool and dusty night we have lately been afflicted with dust storms and heard a little commotion of someone arriving in the sariba in the light of the full moon i saw a few people moving about which was unusual at one thirty a m then heard a voice announce the arrival of five mail-bags i awoke again at five with the feelings of a child on christmas morning wondering what would be in my stocking do people at home half realize i wonder the desperate eagerness with which one waits and hopes for letters you do at any rate and how i bless you my genie for so faithfully writing i got your letters forwarded from south africa and three later ones altogether why on earth should you trouble your dear anxious head over the preachments of ancient servants 
there can be no possible reason why this poor lame duke of monaghan whom you describe so pathetically or any other man with whom you are acquainted by this time should not call upon you now that you have a house to receive them in i knew his brother at sandhurst lord dermot liscarney one of the best fellows i ever met and a first-class bat and i saw a good deal of him in south africa one way or another also in fact we were rather specially friendly but i had no idea we were in any way related i have sent him a line to-day for he wrote me an awfully nice letter when he heard i was coming here which i was ashamed to say i never answered it was very nice of the old duchess to have asked you to her party don't let all this magnificence turn my little jean into a fine lady or i shan't know her when i do see her i sometimes get into rather a rotten mood as everybody in these circumstances must now and then and feel i'd duck this old show and every hope of promotion i've got in the world for a single glimpse of those i love best jean was jealous for a moment that louise could thus speak in the plural and mention as it were his love for her in the same breath as his affection for uncle roberts and granny morgan and his countless school and army friends it is something quite different apart from all the rest and above it she reflected with a sigh that louise should even seem to see this less clearly than she did i've had a very nice letter from old valentine he seems to tumble to my notions about saving you all the trouble he can and supplying you and me with more oof than we could possibly spend not that money is of any use to me here heavens what untold gold one would gladly exchange for a bottle of bass or a single tumbler of fresh ice cold but i will not hark back to the water question of which you must be heartily sick to return to our family lawyer vast sums in excess of my wildest hopes have been placed to my credit at cox's by this kind accommodating old boy who has further taken charge of all papers etc of mine deposited there in accordance with my directions so now in any emergency my genie you have some one to turn to i gather from your letters that you are a little disappointed at the comparative calm with which i appeared to receive the astounding the overwhelming news of our great aunt's munificence but it was next to impossible to convey my breathlessness in my letters and i have likewise been a pauper so long that i am perfectly unable to realize the change only wait till i get home and i am able to prove to myself that it is real by handing over your share to your own safekeeping and playing ducks and drakes with the rest no no i have grown older and wiser and you shall not have to reproach me any more for unjustifiable extravagance still it must be a great agony to you my poor careful genie to reflect what a lot of money the upkeep of your fine house must cost and if you don't have a good time in it i'll never forgive you seriously the relief to me is so great and would have been with a hundredth part of what our kind relative has showered upon us that i catch myself laughing hilariously whenever i remember what has befallen yesterday one of the men gave me an ostrich's egg such a delicious change i made an omelette and seven of us ate heartily of it about equal to twenty hens eggs the men find a good many patrolling i rather hope to shoot a good ostrich or two myself though what i could do with the plumes unless we made panaches of them i don't know still then i might cry with dear cyrano whom you won't read 
that there is one thing I will present. Sans un tache, quon e entere chedu, Simon Panache. God bless you for ever, my darling sister. The photo of your dear little round face rests ever in my haversack. I must go to work. Jean wrote long, long letters in answer to these. Though she prayed that her brother might be on the way home before they could reach him, she made every preparation she could think of for his return. But beyond working almost feverishly at her French studies and the arrangement of his room, there was not much for her to do. Mrs. Dunham now began to refer very frequently to the captain, as she preferred to call Louise, talking of him as though she had known him all her life. There'll be a deal to settle when the captain comes home, ma'am. He'll have to decide whether to keep us old servants or not. Oh, Mrs. Dunham, you little know him. If you could suppose he would turn you out of the house you have served so long and so faithfully. Yes, ma'am, said Dunham briefly, accepting Jean's consolation as well meant but inadequate. But it's not so much the gentleman these things depend on as the lady. But I should be very sorry if you went, Mrs. Dunham. It's not you, ma'am as I am alluding to, said Denham, rather pityingly, but the captain's lady, you must look to see him get married when he comes home to settle down. Not just yet, I hope. Jean's smile was a very faint one. I have not seen him for five years, Mrs. Dunham. I could not spare him to a wife just yet. No, ma'am. Mothers and sisters generally feels that way. My own brother married as poor a creature as never was though dead and gone these twenty years poor thing and him too but a young gentleman like the captain ma'am and so handsome and all doesn't get left long miss jane as a rule i suppose not said jean with a sigh if you'd seen an old family die out as i have miss jean you'd welcome the day said dunham solemnly never a word would you hear no more against marriage or its consequences she was too discreet to breathe a word concerning Jane's own prospects. But the whole household was now agreed that the Duke was coming a-wooing, for he visited 99 Grosvenor Square as punctually as the man who came to wind up the clocks. It was Dunham who suggested to Jean, who would not have dared to originate such a proposal, that she might with propriety relax the outward signs of mourning for her great-aunt now that three months had elapsed since her demise and appear in white or violet according to her taste the love of romance which lurks in almost every spinster's bosom dictated this suggestion of dunham's rather than any forgetfulness of her beloved mistress as hewitt busied himself more reckless of cost than ever in rendering the morning-room a perfect bower of spring blossom that the background of courtship might not be wanting so did the old woman lie awake at night plotting and planning white muslins mauve chiffons and violet velvet as suitable at once to maiden modesty and ducal dignity he is only waiting for her brother to come home she thought and the whole household was of the same mind the irreproachable character of the suitor the poverty of his exchequer the wildness of his brothers all these facts were perfectly well known to the aged and unsuspected guardians of the lonely lady's interests and she was at a loss to account for the daily increasing deference with which she was now treated 
few of the family secrets of the great are unknown to gentlemen of hewitt's profession and his friend and crony the solemn major-domo of the duchess's house in park lane was as well aware as hewitt himself how often his grace went to tea at number ninety nine grosvenor square but that his grace was loved and his grace's mother was heartily disliked by her household the news would assuredly through her maid have come to the august ears of the duchess but as it was there was not a scullion in the ducal establishment who would have thwarted the duke's pleasure to please his mamma and denis pursued his tranquil way without a suspicion of the interest with which his comings and goings were regarded he met jean walking in the park on a sunny afternoon in early april as he was passing grosvenor gate and wondering whether it was too soon to call upon her again for the first time he turned and walked with her dunham fell behind respectfully devoting her attention to the breathless waddling yorkshire terrier and congratulating himself that her young lady was wearing her new white gown jean's dress was simple enough but the duke had never seen her hitherto in anything approaching fashionable attire and much as he had appreciated her simplicity the fact that a pretty woman is prettier than she is well dressed came home to him rather forcibly the white cloth gown fitted her full slender figure closely and she wore violets at her pretty white throat and in her shady black hat i am very glad to meet you cousin denise for i have had a letter from the duchess and i want to ask you about it now the duchess was down at challon's sleigh at this moment and denise was keeping house in park lane by himself so that this intelligence startled him very much jean explained it is a very kind letter asking me to go and stay with her for easter and i think it must be because louis knew your brother lord dermot liscarney at sandhurst for louis said in his last letter that he had written to him do you think i ought to go she wondered why he was so slow to answer he was looking away from her when his reply came in words even more carefully measured than usual there can be no possible reason why you should not go but shall you be there she asked wistfully i should be afraid to go if you were not there even with you to help me i am afraid i might make many mistakes and do ridiculous things without meaning to the duke's face cleared and he spoke with more boyish heartiness than was his wont of course i shall be there and you could not be ridiculous if you tried but oughtn't i just to explain to the duchess that i was brought up in a farmhouse so that she should know what to expect said scrupulous jean after all i have never stayed anywhere in my life except in penny woon rectory when it was too wet to go backwards and forwards to coed ithel and i know that that would not be at all the same kind of life you can tell her when you get there if you like and if the opportunity arises but there is not the slightest necessity for doing so and i should say nothing about it in my letter and simply write an ordinary note of acceptance but i don't know even how to write an ordinary note of acceptance i thought you would help me she said ingeniously he looked at his watch then we ought to go and do it at once if we are to catch the country post they walked slowly down upper grosvenor street jean considerately moderating her pace to suit the halting footsteps of her companion 
dunham followed them solemnly a model of discreet chaperonage keeping close to her young lady's heels and faithfully leading miss marney's little dog the invitation had come about in the simplest manner through the letter which louise had written to lord dermot and exactly as jean had surmised dermot was his mother's favourite son and his lightest suggestions met with more attention than his elder brother's ceremonious requests thus although the duchess had demurred when denise had asked her to leave a card at ninety-nine grosvenor square on a young lady whom he declared to be a relative and made a favour of promising eventually to do as he wished in the matter she yet dispatched an easter invitation to jean without raising any difficulties at all on receiving her son dermot's laconic explanation i've heard from a pal of mine an awfully decent fellow named de courset it appears he's a connection of ours his sister came to one of the monaghan's musical shows he says i suppose you know her i'm afraid i don't remember her my dear boy said the duchess shaking her head you know what shoals of people denise makes me ask to his concerts well she lives in grosvenor square his ship appears to have come in an old aunt has left him all her money i believe he has nobody but this sister belonging to him grosvenor square said the duchess oh then i do remember for it was at our own old house that denise insisted on my leaving a card yes he met her at the wellers and found out she was connected somehow the whole incident of jean's call upon mrs weller or as much of it as she had witnessed together with the subsequent introduction of jean to herself had long ago vanished from the mind of the duchess well i wish you'd ask her down to chalonsley mother it would save my having to go and call i've no use for calls and i know the poor chap would like it he's one of the most decent fellows i ever met said dermot repeating the highest terms of praise his vocabulary contained one of my very best pals i'd no idea he was a cousin cousin nonsense said the duchess i suppose they are related to old miss marney who bought the house from us she was a distant cousin i believe a most disagreeable woman very stuck up but enormously rich i only met her once and i took a dislike to her instantly your poor father wanted me to go and see her i remember but nothing would have induced me to set foot in the house again at that time i got it into my head it was an unlucky house everything went wrong in it the old duke left every penny he could away from your father you nearly died of the measles and it all culminated in your brother's accident i ain't superstitious except perhaps about racing said dermot if miss marney left this young man her money as well as the house said the duchess pursuing another train of thought he must be uncommonly wealthy i dare say said dermot and he has only this one sister so he says she must be pretty sick over this somaliland business it looks rotten i hope he'll get safe through poor chap said dermot i'm afraid it's not much of a picnic though by all accounts is he out there said the duchess i'll ask her down for easter what did you say was her name End of chapter fifteen